I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today, I'm here with Mike DeRosiers. Mike is a general partner in 12 multifamily properties with over 1,000 units and $70 million in assets under management. Um, Properties located in Texas, Las Vegas, Kansas City, and California. Uh, First of all, Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm excited to, to dive in here. So why don't you start with just you know, kind of telling us your background, uh, how, how you got started in real estate, and and then we'll we'll dig into some of the, how you got to where you're at. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I live in the northern uh, northern California. I've always I've lived here kind of all of my life, San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, I've been in multiple businesses all through my life, kind of actually more in the marketing and, and advertising business, which I've been into recently, not recently, the last 30 years really, but um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting and I tell the story all the time, right? It's, it's not necessarily the business that I've been involved with that has done well for me, but the real estate that I bought on the way up. Right. And it and goes back to a story with, uh, I started as kind of a young entrepreneur and, you know, 19 years old or so and starting my own first business. And it was in the food industry, right? And I ended up renting out this mini storage as a kind of an office slash, you know, to hold these freezers that could hold, you know, frozen foods yeah. and stuff. And I remember signing my first lease in my first uh, uh, office. And this guy that was, you know, older guy at the time, and he owned this mini storage unit. And he just, you know, obviously wanted to tell me his, his uh, words of wisdom. And he told me the story that ended up really kind of being a lot of my story, which is that he was an electrician for 30 years. He said, yeah, I was an electrician. I had this electrician business for 30 years, worked it every single day, you know, went to work and, you know, did my, did my, uh, you know, my, uh, ran my business as, as I should. And, but at the end of the day, you know, I closed the business down and just let it go. But the real estate that I bought all on the way up, from the profits from the uh, that electrician business has made me worth millions. And it was just an interesting story that stuck with me. And, you know, I can say the same story today, right? I've been in multiple businesses, but the, you know, I've been in the marketing and promotions business for, for many years. And it's done well. It's, a, it's given me vacations and, you know, homes and, you know, different yeah. things. But really the real estate that I bought along the way with that money, the profits from that, is what's uh, has uh, has given me the wealth you know that I have today, and certainly got me involved in a real estate. And I've been uh, you know I've always had apartments or uh, uh, mostly single family rentals uh, most all my life. I got involved in the multifamily really just a few years ago, and kind of turned on a light on how to scale up right just to a, a point where I never really even thought was possible. And we do them through syndication where we bring in investors and investors, you know, uh, put their money in and are able to share in the profits and they're able to buy into these, 
apartment buildings that really they would never be able to get into on their own. And, you know, 100 units or 200 unit, you know, type uh, apartment complexes. And we run them as a team. So we have a very experienced team on, on board that runs the property and kind of handles all the different aspects of it, including very experienced property management companies. And that makes it, uh, you know, really makes it fun to operate. And it's a great opportunity for the investors to be part of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, one, one of the things that stuck out to me from your story there is you said at 19, you were, you started a, a, a business in a, in a, the mini storage. Uh, I did. It was a, it was a uh, frozen food business. And my, I, my office was in the mini storage I, instead of, because I couldn't afford really an office and I needed freezers and, you know, kind of warehouse space. So I just ended up renting out a mini storage and ran it out of there. I, I, so, I mean, that's a, that's a young age to be, you know, sort of starting businesses and being entrepreneurial at that point. Did you have any, were your parents like that? Did you have any sort of reason or that just kind of, you were born with that bug? I think I was born with the bug. Um, yeah. My, my father was a college professor. My mother was a, a drama teacher and a high school, high school drama teacher and taught uh, television acting classes in San Francisco for, for many years. Um, so definitely don't come from the entrepreneurial type uh, family background, although my grandfather was and I, I was close with him. Um, and, you know, yeah, I was going to school at the time as well. And so I kind of did both. But, uh, yeah, I was very like want a better life. So that was, I think that was just my goal. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a, people sometimes ask me about how I started in real estate and it, it's, to me, it was like necessity. I want, I didn't want to live in an apartment. So I bought a really terrible house and fixed it because I had to, you know, it was like, didn't have a choice. So, um, I mean, that's cool. So you said mostly, uh, single family type real estate to begin with until a few years ago when you got into multifamily. Um, what were you doing with the single families? Were you flipping those or rentals or what, 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 how did you kind of start that journey? A little bit of both. I mean, I always, uh, you know, I started early in my first, you know, first condo and then house and then uh, ended up renting that out and then buying another one. And, you know, so just kind of scaling up that way. Um, and then I was flipping houses as well, too. I've been doing that for years uh, trying to hold on to as many as I can. You know, in California, as, as you know, it's you know been a crazy ride for, you know, forever. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. My parents paid thirty two thousand dollars for the first house. It's worth well over a million dollars today. Yeah. I, I, yeah. The, the appreciation in California has has been even especially over the last just couple of years. It's been it's been crazy. But yeah. Um, probably not a ride that will last forever, but it, it's been, it's helped a lot of people. Um, so when you transitioned to multifamily, how, how did you do that? How did you, first of all, how did you realize that that was a way to go? And then what steps did you do to kind of make that move? Um, so I, well, I immediately saw, I mean, I was, I had, yeah, I was talked into getting my first house. I mean, I, you know, even, even in high school, I had one of my buddies was uh, his mom was a realtor. And and I remember her telling us, you guys got to buy a house. You should buy a house together. Right. And, and um, you know, houses were still fairly inexpensive then. And and I was making money. and He was making money. And that was kind of the, the reason why she said that, although we didn't. Uh, but looking back, obviously, we should have. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, it just kind of started once you start looking at real estate like that and then you look at what you missed and, you know, you look at it, you know, this house was 150,000 and now it's worth 200,000 and, and you go, man, I could have, you know, made 50,000 on that. And I mean, you look around you, what else, what else, uh, you know, appreciates like that. I mean, you know, it's all this like fast, right. shiny lure kind of stuff, right? Like, you know, Bitcoin and, and um, you know, Bitcoin today. But I mean, there were many things in the past over the years that, you know, half of them were probably pyramid schemes of some sort or another. But they were always kind of the, the, the uh, they were the, the fast, the fast making money of, of its time. Right. And a lot of people did make money on them. No question about it. But you know, as all of those things that fall, the uh, bottom falls out and, you know, then it's, then it evaporates and it's gone. Um, with real estate, it's always there. It doesn't evaporate. Yeah, absolutely. But on the, I guess, moving into multifamily, what, like maybe tell us about your first deal. How did you, how did you find it? What, you know, what kind of asset was it? That sort of thing. Actually, so my first, well, uh, so I started, I came, uh, I started going to some of these kind of, uh, taking some of these classes, the courses on them that they sell and, and uh, coaching programs and all that. And I got involved kind of that way. And that's really what turned me on to the whole thing. And uh, I had already owned real estate. I already owned some rentals, but all on single family. Um, so the whole concept of buying out of state, because for California, right, that's, that's, you know, nobody's investing really in California. Most people are doing out of state because the returns are better and, and you have better, uh, you know, more landlord friendly uh, laws that, you know, that, um, that help, help investments. And so the whole idea of buying out of state in an area that you didn't know was kind of new to me. It's like, I, that was first thing I had to get over. It's like, okay, you can actually buy a, an apartment complex out of state and not be there to go, you know, check on it every day. Right? It just yeah. seems weird. And um, so I ended up, uh, I ended up choosing Las Vegas, my market, and I bought my first building in Las Vegas. And I bought that on my own because I just wanted to kind of see how that process worked as far as operating something out of, out of state. And I had the ability to do it. And so I just kind of jumped in. I wanted to feel the pain immediately, right? Before I started going out to investors and, and trying to get other people's money together to, to do this. And it went very well. It said, uh, I still have the property today and, and, um, and almost doubled in price. And, and then I uh, started going after more larger properties as under the syndication. Um, I actually got an, introduced to an, uh, a couple other operators in Texas that were acquiring uh, a lot of properties that had already been on several of them, but having a little difficult time in the capital raising side. And so I was able to come in and help uh, raise capital for them and also put some of my own money in. And that kind of brought me in as a general partner on the, on the team. And I was helped, plus with some of my business experience, I was able to kind of help them in scaling their operation and, and systems. And so they liked that and they kind of brought me into another property and I raised capital for that and then into another. And then I got in, a, in contract in my own property and then I brought them in to help work with that because we already now have uh, established a good working relationship. Sure. Uh, then I got invited into another property, 426 unit property out of Kansas City and came into that as a general partner as well. Um, and mostly on the capital raising side. So, and then it's just excelled for there. Now I'm, now I'm a general partner on a little over 
10 syndications, 12 different properties, <coughs> mostly in Texas, uh, also in Las Vegas and in Kansas City. So have you, has your focus mostly been on the capital raising side? Primarily, that's it. I mean, I do like all the aspects of it. Um, I like the asset management of it. I'm involved in every property that I'm, I'm, you know, that I'm part of. I get on the property management calls every week. I, I definitely am involved in decision making and how things are going, and then as well as the investor relations side of things. And I always seem to have another deal. You know, I have a lot of deal flow as well too. So we have two deals right now that we're in contract with. So let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about capital raising because it sounds like. I mean, it sounds like you were kind of just doing this on your own. And then it sounds like that first syndication, you were a capital raiser. So how, how do you, had you raised capital for any of your other uh, deals before that on the single family side or anything like that? No, I think my, uh, my success really came from, I mean, two things. One is that I've, I've been a business owner for all of my life. Um, yeah. I deal with, you know, in the advertising and marketing people I, uh, side of things, I deal with executives and I deal with, you know, decision makers. And so I feel comfortable talking with those you know, kind of people. But I, I also have been an investor myself and buying into real estate. So I, I really do come from that side of it. Like, you know, people ask me, you know, what about this deal? Or what about that deal? And, and the first thing I, I ask them is like, well, would you invest in it? You know, would you would you have your mom invest in it? I mean, is this something that you like this property so much that you feel like, you know, you would you bring your family in and then what kind of returns would you be giving them? Right. And that's kind of all boils down to, you know, it's kind of backwards way of talking about the cash on cash and the cap rate and the, and what the actual returns are in the property. But when I talk to uh, others that are trying to get into their first deal, I try to make them look at it in that in that way, because that's bottom line. That's, you know, if you're going to sell it to investors, it has to be something that you believe in and that you have, you have a good story of why that property is going to make money and, and, uh, and very good underwriting. That's going to you know show the numbers are going to, are going to calculate. Yeah. And so that's, you kind of just worked from your network. Uh, when you started with, with capital raising, you had enough of a network to just kind of go out to them and say, Hey, I'm doing this, this thing, you know, I've, I've been doing, uh, you know, single family type stuff for a while, but, but now I'm, I'm making this move. I think this is a great opportunity. What did you do? What steps did you take to kind of bring that out to them and, and make that uh, transition? Yeah, well, you know, I got, so I, I, um, the people that I know are friends and, and, and business associates so far, they all have known what I've been, you know, what I've done in real estate all along. And, so there's a form of trust there that's kind of built in. And, you know, a lot has to do with the circle of friends and who you really hang out with and who you like to, you know, be around and what associations or, or uh, you know, groups you're part of. Um, but even that, you know, evaporates fairly quick, right? And so, you know, you can get in and sure, you know, most people start off raising capital with uh, family and friends, but family and friends can only fund so many deals, right? So, you know, usually after the first deal, you're kind of wiping that out. And maybe even before you're done with the first deal. So you really do have to kind of broaden your, um, uh, you know, your connections with, with those type of people. And so you just need to put yourself in a position where you have the ability to introduce yourself, 
and, and, and tell what you do to groups and that might be, you know, potential investors. So that might be a local meetup group, uh, could be a, a real estate group. It could be a, a non-real estate group. I mean, honestly, it could be the tennis club or, or swim club, but you know, those, you know, those people may or may not have money to invest and it doesn't really matter. You're not going in like a shark on a hunt, you know, you're, you're really just going in and putting yourself around people and letting them know what you do. And then people that are interested tend to kind of gravitate to you because they say, hey, I like that, Mike, that sounds, that sounds interesting. I'd like to know more. You know, I, I might be interested in investing and uh, that, and you just kind of keep throwing that out there and it starts to attract uh, the right group. And then you just go for larger and larger groups and try to get in front of, you know, more and more people. A couple of things you said there, I think are, are really good points that I, I don't know that I, you know, you don't, I don't, I haven't heard them much anyway. One of them, you know, okay. Go, everybody talks about going to your local real estate meetup. That's, that's kind of a common theme, but you mentioned going to other types of groups and meetups, things that aren't real estate related, which I think actually makes a ton of sense because one of the things I think that happens at a lot of the meetups, and these are the easy, even the big conferences there's a lot of people that want to do what you want to do, right? It's a lot of, a lot of other people that are also trying to raise capital or learn how, you know, essentially, and not so many of them that go to these that I, that are like, I'm the person who wants to invest passively, right? The, right. the, the meetups, the conferences, a lot of them are geared towards teaching people, which is great. Like teaching people how to syndicate and all the components of that, or, or how to be involved in real estate in some, some way, it's, it's, there aren't really a lot of meetups that are like, Hey, let's get a bunch of people that want to invest passively together. And here's a few people that need, need passive capital. You know, it doesn't work that way. And so the, the point of getting yourself in these other groups that are just effectively, you're just trying to make, make friends, increase your network, find, find other people that, you know, you can offer these opportunities to, and they can be, you know, they might be, open to receiving them. So it, I actually think that's a, that's a great point that it, does, it doesn't get talked about that much. Cause I think it, it's true. It's a lot of the, the meetups are, you know, 90% of the people are like, yeah, I want to be a syndicator or I want to get into real estate. How do I do that? And, and a lot less of them, I think are like, I, I want to put my money to work because probably those people don't have to try as hard to find, <laughs> find people that want to, want to uh, put their money to work. Um, you said you had a background in, in marketing, right? That was, that's kind of what you, so I assume that that has been instrumental and helpful in terms of your ability to, you know, sort of increase that uh, network for capital raising. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's, you know, it's about, uh, I mean, marketing is really about connecting with customers and trying to figure out how to, you know, connect with them, but it's, and it's all, you know, my business experience, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm very professional, very courteous, very, you know, I always follow up. I, you know, immediately, no matter what, you know, the situation is, I try to get back to people and they, whether they're leaving a message or a text or a phone call. And I just relay that on to investors. And I just know that that's what I would want. And that's, or that is what I want. And, mm -hmm. 
you know, I've uh, nothing frustrates me more when you, you know, you call somebody and you're trying to try to get something, even if you're trying to sell them on something, but you're calling, you call and you never get any contacts. Right. And it's just frustrating. Cause you know, I've got, I'd rather get put one good call in and get a no than I would, you know, 10 phone calls and get a, and get a, still get a no. Right. It's like uh, give me a quick no instead of a long drawn out no. Um, but I just I like to stay professional in that aspect of it. And I treat everybody like that accordingly. Um, that makes me feel good about what I'm doing. And, you know, and I think that uh, resonates with other people. And kind of getting back to your other question about, um, you know, going outside of that real estate markets. I mean, there, there are so many different things. Like I would rather be the only, only real estate guy in the room, right? right. And stand up and introduce myself. Instead of being in a group with all a bunch of other syndicators or, or real estate people, and and that room could be anything that you associate with, right? I mean, there's things. I mean, just looking at your background, right? I mean, you got a you know you got a Batman thing, uh, a superhero leader. <laughs> you got kids, right? You got your yep. your, your kids handprints stuff. Really cool, but you know those are groups that you know you could get in front of as well too, right? That. Yep. You know, obviously dad's groups or, you know, anything like that with kids. I mean, not everybody in there is going to be super rich to be able to maybe not high net worth individuals, but they, everybody is looking to make money on their money. I don't care how much money they have. And if any kind of job environment, people do make money. There's always, and you never know who it is, right? I've had, you know, a guy who owns a dry cleaners that, you know, just has a, a bunch of money sitting in the bank and he just, you know, he bought those dry cleaners and, He's kind of like a, a mattress money, you know, person, right? He likes to put yeah. his money into the mattress and, you know, doesn't live a very lavish lifestyle. It's not a very lavish dry cleaners. It's, it's you know, kind of a little small, little hole in the wall kind of a business. But, you know, it's a cash cow for him. He makes a lot of money at it and doing it for a long time. And he makes this money, but doesn't necessarily know what to do with the money, right? And even on the other, on the other side of the coin, the, uh, you know, I'm in close to Silicon Valley. A lot of these computer engineers that you know got these great high-paying jobs and make you know 200k a year going in, and but they work like dogs. They're behind the computers, you know, all day and sometimes all night, and they have a but they make a lot of money, but they don't necessarily know what to do with their money. It typically sets sits in their checking account, right? Because they just they don't have time to really go out and 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 figure out what to do with it. And they stocks might scare them, or you know, uh, maybe they're into tech stocks, but. Um, you know, here's an opportunity for them to take their money and put it into an investment passively that they don't have to work at. And in real estate, which is, you know, about as solid as it gets in investments and make money on their money while they continue doing their day job. And that's really the way you build wealth. And over the years, as you accumulate that and you keep turning that money over and making money on that, um, and certainly with the tax benefits that come with real estate, it can uh, accelerate your your uh, retirement easily or quickly. Yeah, and it, I mean, so many great points there that that sort of all point to if if you're raising capital, you need to look at it as providing a service or an opportunity. Not, you know, you're not you're not just going out trying to trying to get money. You know, to to <laughs> ask people for money. So when you when you bring up the points of you know, here are these people that don't. They don't know how to make their money work for them. You know, they've got it, like you mentioned, it, it's sitting in a checking account and it's like, what's what's your interest rate? 0.02%. I mean, it's just, you know, something, something silly. And 
that, that isn't, isn't doing them any good. They're, they're losing more on that inflation. And so if they can get it into a real estate opportunity and be making, you know, 12, 15, 18% uh, on an annual basis, that's a much, a much bigger improvement to, you know, what, what they're seeing now. And, and I mean, I don't, I don't even want to talk about the stock market right now. The, the right. negatives that are happening there are, are uh, uh, kind of terrible. But um, yeah, and just yeah. inflation. I mean, you know, that's going up. Like if you're even if you're making five percent on your money, you're losing money. Inflation's going at ten percent. Yeah, and it, and it's so it's yeah, it's truly an education thing, right? It's an education. It's a here are the opportunities we have available, and you have the those that's why i really love your idea about going to other groups whether it's dad groups you know what whatever your circle might be people you can you know kind of have something in common with those are the people that need you right like the wealthy people already know how to be wealthy we don't have to teach them how to be wealthy it's the other people that are working really hard and not getting any you know benefit of of you know sort of letting their their money help them not have to work so hard. So um, I really, I really love that point. And I, I really don't feel like anybody talks about that. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, thank you for that. And that's like, that's going to be a clip that gets, that ends up on social media there. That that's a really great point. Um, so you're, are you, I know you said you kind of like the other the other parts of it, but it is your, is your main passion in capital raising? And, and I know, you know, there's the, there's acquisitions, there's capital, there's investor relations, there's the asset management side of, you know, there's kind of all of those components to a syndication deal. Do you try to get yourself involved in all aspects or do you, you know, really like to stick with it on the, on the capital raising side? How do you, what do you enjoy? Well, I enjoy the capital raising side of it. Um, I do learn, I do enjoy all of the aspects of it. Um, I just don't, I, obviously, I can't take it all on. I don't want to take it all on. And I think that's kind of one of the beauties about syndications, about these large apartment buildings, is that it attracts, you know, a high caliber of uh, team members. And you're able to work with people that are really good at, at these different things. And I love learning from them and watching or just being participating in, in the way it's the asset is being managed or the property is being managed by the property manager. Uh, or the underwriting that's happening, and you know, to get a deal under contract or negotiations, all of those kind of kinds of things, I think are they're important aspects of it. I don't want to lead on any of it, but I like to be part of them. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think it, it. I don't, and maybe you found this being in from a single family background, but I think it's for me. I, I always had that sort of DIY, you know sense that I, you know, well, I can do this. I can do this. I can figure this out. It, it, I don't know. I've never been in a space that is more about like having to have a strong team around you than, you know, especially syndication. Like it, it's just, it truly is, it is not possible to do it on your own. And it's, you wouldn't, you kind of wouldn't want to, right? Like it's, it's really cool. I love, like, I don't consider capital raising. I, I feel like that's probably my weak point. I, I love talking to people that are good capital raisers because I think it's such an, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an impressive skill and it's, it's different to what, you know, I, I, I like acquisitions and I like asset management. That's kind of where, where my focus has been. I, and I, and I enjoy those. 
I actually enjoy the acquisitions a lot more than I ever thought I would. I, I, I've come from construction. I like asset management. I knew I would like asset management, but but acquisitions is really cool because you get to you get those interactions with the sellers, the brokers, and and then and then I feel I feel good about them being able to say, "Hey, I found this great deal. Let's let's here here it is to my partners. Let's get it out there to the world." Like I think that's a cool feeling, and I, I think it's just. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's all those little, you know, those, all those, those positions on the team. Um, so I really am, I'm just, I'm just always fascinated by what, what people's passion is, where, what, what role they fall into. Cause I, I do feel like sometimes you got to just start and figure it out. Like you might think you're going to be good at capital raising and you're not, or you might think you're going to be good at, at asset management management, but you're like, this is a huge headache. It is a headache, but but it's like some people like that. Some people like problem solving. So I think it's 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 really cool. Um, well, let's uh, let's shift gears, Mike, and talk about um, or you know kind of get to the part where I, where I ask you questions uh, that I ask every guest. The first one is based on the name of the show being "Know Your Why," and so so what is your why? What what kind of drives you? What what keeps you going and, and motivated? Yeah, you know, I mean, I've been in business, uh, as I said, for a long time. And, you know, success motivates me. I'm always motivated just to accomplish whatever I, um, you know, take on. And, uh, you know, I set a goal to accomplish it. And that's, and I just, I don't stop until that happens. And that's pretty much it. As far as my why, my why goes, I mean, I, I love you know, I love to travel. My wife and I travel. Um, we've taken, you know, our daughter with us. Who's, you know, she's 29 now and, and has, we just have a new granddaughter. And, Congratulations. Uh, thank you. And so, you know, everything is obviously always set up for them. Um, but I like, I, I enjoy the process. So I, I enjoy accomplishments and um, like that keeps me going, I think. So, so important that if you, if you can't, find a way to enjoy the process, you're probably not going to like this. It's not going to be, it's not going to be for you and invest passively and, and, you know, make your money grow that way. Cause it's, yeah. it is, it is a process for sure. Yeah. I've, um, always, I've always been, but just to add that, I mean, I, I've always been that way, you know, that like some people will find, you know, a hundred reasons why you can't do it. And what I really enjoy is finding that reason or the reasons why you can, and then following those and, 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 and getting that accomplishment done. That does make me feel good. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it's it being able to accomplish something that someone said I couldn't, that's like, <laughs> that, that's very fulfilling. Um, second question for you. What uh, is something about yourself that, it, that isn't common knowledge? People, people might not know about you, um, a special skill, a hobby, anything that, that you're comfortable sharing. Yeah. Um, I ride motorcycles. Um, I definitely have uh, rode dirt bikes pretty much all of my life and street bikes. Uh, but I did quite a bit of dirt bike uh, riding uh, kind of cross country. It's not, not all the way across the U.S., but we did like, uh, and I know with a group of guys, probably about 10 of us that would kind of get together and do that. And we've ridden down the Baja several times, all the way from San Diego down to Cabo San Lucas, about a thousand miles. And all on dirt bikes, packing our gear and you know clothes on our on the back of a dirt bike, which is pretty challenging. Yeah, but that's that's been a ton of fun. Uh, we've gone out and did some you know five day rides out in Colorado, and you know uh, going up over the the mountains of uh, you know Colorado from Aspen and Vail and all of that during the summertime. 
Uh, we've done uh, a lot of, and a lot of us have kind of converted more to the street bike rides these days. And um, we've been doing, you know, we rode out to Sturgis, uh, South Dakota, and, you know, and, and did that ride one time and, you know, so out to Las Vegas and some different, uh, different uh, Bryce and Zion and, and different things like that. So it's been a lot of fun. I enjoy it. My wife rides, she likes to ride with me as well. What, uh, what do you, what do you ride for a road bike? Road bike, I have two. I have a Harley Davidson. I have a street, a street glide that I uh, enjoy riding, and then also a BMW a GS at twelve fifty, which is kind of more of a crossover kind of a, a bike. So for more of the twisty roads, I, uh, I my my dad was a Harley guy, and uh, I never I I rode dirt bikes when I was like a young kid at a friend's house. That was it. But then yeah. um, he he and he passed away a few years ago, but he um he always rode motorcycles and i i was like when he got sick he had he had colon cancer and i was like i, I want to ride with you so i like i took the i took the course i like learned i learned how to how to ride a bike i didn't i didn't get a harley i started with a, a kawasaki um <clears throat> vulcan and that was my bike to go ride with my dad which like was kind of an awesome thing to do you know we didn't, we didn't get to do enough of it but uh it's kind of awesome thing i always thought i would get a harley so you live in California. This is this is not one of my normal four questions, but uh, the road sharing thing, the lane sharing thing, is crazy to me. I like I'm not from California originally. I fully intended to come here, get a Harley, and ride the PCH, and then I saw all the lane sharing, and I was like, "That's ins- maybe not as insane as the fact that helmets aren't required in Texas." But and, <laughs> regardless, I just that's kind of what stopped me. I was like it seems very convenient if you're in traffic and heading, you know, trying to get to work on time. But I, I feel like it's a very dangerous uh, thing. Although I, I guess when I see the people out, like, you know, on the weekends and the group ride with, with a bunch of cars on Harleys, they're usually not doing a lot of that. They're all kind of staying together, but what, what do you, what do you think about it? <laughs> Maybe you're used to it if you're from here. Yeah, I, I, I am used to it. Yeah. I've been in California all my life. Um, but I, you know, I think it's, uh, I do, you know, lane splitting is what it's called. And they, uh, um, you know, I think once you kind of do that, you know, it, I don't think it's really as dangerous as it looks. It does from, I think the outsider, but for a rider that's going through those lanes like that, I mean, they're, they're always looking, you know, three or four cars ahead. Yeah. It's only when in traffic, right. And obviously some people would go a little crazy with that, but right. most of the time the cars aren't moving very far and it's fast and, and it's not like they're shifting lanes quickly or anything, right? Because yeah. it's in traffic. So um, it's usually a pretty clear, clear lane when you're going through it. Yeah. I'm sure the, yeah, the experienced rider, especially if you're from here, it's not that big of a deal, but it's like, I saw that and and thought, yeah, maybe, maybe I don't need a Harley here. And my, my wife was immediately like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that you need to do that here, but uh, I, I do. I still do love the idea of like just going on those, those rides and, and uh, there's some, such beautiful scenery here so it would i'm sure it's amazing <clears throat> a lot of fun man it's a great bonding thing when you go with guys as you saw with your dad and that's really a great story to hear from you too I and mean, that's something you know you remember forever and i'm sure it was very uh special for him yeah yeah no it was it was great i i i'm glad that i'm glad that it happened i'm glad that that i got to you know do that uh at, at some point um when people hear this and they want to reach out to you, what, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Uh, well, so on my, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm all over uh, I mean, my website, which is growcaptoday.com. 
com, And there, you know, is most all of my contact information. You can even schedule an appointment with me from that. But you can also look me up on LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, you know, my email is usually pretty public as well, too. Mike at growcaptoday.com. And I'm always happy to talk to anybody interested, whether it's whether you're interested in investing or just want to talk about real estate. Um, I do some coaching for some, you know, different kind of students that are coming through the, the system as well. And I'm always happy to get on a call and, and help support, um, you know, their growth in, in this business. And I like it. I, I enjoy talking with kind of, uh, you know, the people that all kind of are thinking in that same direction and share that same mindset. It's, it's fun. That's why I enjoy getting on coming on uh, uh, podcasts like, with, like, like this. And, you know, I always know the host is going to be, you know, I'm going to share a lot of uh, common commonality with the hosts as well as usually with the listeners as well, too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. We'll put that for sure in the show notes, too, so people can reach out to you. Um, final question for you, Mike. What's a piece of advice you would give to someone who's really thinking about getting started in in uh, real estate? They're maybe a couple of years behind where you're at just to help motivate them, push them forward, you know, kind of send them in the right direction. Absolutely. I mean, I think the, the best advice I give is just get started, you know, do it, figure out a way to get into it. You don't always have to make a killing on your first deal. Obviously don't over leverage yourself and get yourself in any dangerous situation like that, but which I think is the only real failure that can happen in real estate is you over leverage. Yeah. But, um, you know, get involved in it. And whether that's with a partner or multiple partners or, um, you know, even volunteering your time, putting a little sweat equity and, and try to get involved for a small piece. And again, you're, it's not about how much money you're going to make on that first deal. It's about the experience that you're going to get. And it quickly accelerates when you, you know, you get into your first deal and your second deal usually comes around fairly quick because now you already have the mindset. Right. And then, you know, all of a sudden a third and a fourth and it grows uh, dramatically and you just, you will make money over time and you just keep, uh, you know, keep at it. And as long as you're interested in it and are willing to learn and uh, partner up with people that, you know, know more than you do, or even just know something different than you, yeah. that's a great way to uh, accelerate. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, someday I'd like to make a compilation of the answer to that question from like, <laughs> almost everybody has some component of it that has, you know, you just need to, you need to get started. You need to do it. You need to take action, that kind of thing. I think, because I mean, it's, if you, if you think about it, I mean, it's, it's a little bit like, there's no other way, right. You're not, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't do anything. So you've got to, you've got to take some action to, to really get going and, and uh, knowing that there are people like yourselves that are, you know, open to coaching and, and, and willing to just talk about it and come on the podcast, which I appreciate so much and, and share your story. And it, it's just, it should be, it, it should be inspiring. It should, it should let people realize that, that it's, it's doable. It's doable for, for everyone. It's, it's, you know, you, you, in whatever capacity you want that to be, it doesn't have to be, they don't have to be, do what I do or what you do or what, you know, Grant Cardone comes to mind because he's, you know, out there, but you know, just what, what, whoever it is, you don't have to look at those people and think I have to do exactly what they do, but you can change your life with this. So it, it's kind of a, a, a really good, you know, just, just get in there and, and do something. Absolutely. The best uh, day to buy real estate was yesterday, but the next best day is today. 
Yep, absolutely. hundred percent. Um, listen, Mike, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you putting up for my, with my raspy voice and my cough. Um, thank you for coming on and, and, uh, sharing your time and your story with us. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, to everyone, everyone listening, um, if you like this episode and you got value, please, uh, give us a review and a, and a, a rating. And again, thank you so much, Mike. Thank you, Jason. My pleasure. Appreciate it. We will sign off. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.